If you're a business owner, you've probably heard the terms ideal client, ICA, or dream client thrown around quite a bit. You've probably asked questions to yourself like, what does it even mean? And what if I'm so passionate and wanna work with all different kinds of people and serve different audiences? What if I have no idea who my ideal client even is? And if I do know, how can I find and market to those people? This episode, we're going to help you answer all these questions. In today's show, we're covering what an ideal client is, why you need to get really specific on who your ideal client is, and a bunch of questions and strategies and things that you can ask yourself to help you figure out who you want to serve in your photography business. We'll also chat about some ways that you can create work that inspires you and showcases your art so that those dream clients are going to be coming to find you. Because I can just tell you this, businesses and companies that thrive are the ones that are specific on who it is that they are wanting to serve and the types of clients that they are wanting to attract. They're not serving the masses, they're not appealing to everybody, and they're solving a certain problem that their ideal client has, and you are their solution. As the photographer, we are the solution. So if you're ready to get specific and really focus on who you're speaking and marketing to in your business and figuring out who your ideal client is, then this episode is for you. Welcome to the Fill Your Frame podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Golding. I was a young mama and full-time teacher when I first picked up my camera and started down the path of creating a highly successful and sought-after photography business. I managed to turn that side hustle into a full-time job that sustains a balanced life where I can give more to my five littles at home. After building this business for the last 10 years, I want to invite you into a space where you can take a peek behind the scenes of my camera-ready life. Join in weekly where I will open up discussions with other creative artists turned business pros as we share real life strategies, stories, and action steps for you to turn your passion into profits. Lean in because we're about to get the show started. Remember, you can subscribe to today's show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Audible. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode about how to find your ideal client and market to them with my special guest, Haley Faria. Haley is a soulful and artistic photographer located in North Carolina, but she travels all over the world to photograph beautiful clients and teach her in-person workshop, Reverie. Haley has two children, 15 and 12, and has a husband who is about to retire from the United States Marine Corps after 21 years of service. Haley shared with me that the Lord is her guiding light and all of her creativity belongs to Him. She would not be able to do what she does without His blessing. Let's welcome Haley to the show. Hi, Haley. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for doing this podcast episode with me. I know we had chatted for a little bit about connecting and you're such a, a busy person with your business and so much, uh, so many amazing things going that I'm able, I'm glad we were able to connect finally. Yes, finally. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like she's going to keep thinking I'm pushing her off. I'm like, no, 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 I'm here. I'm available. It's oh, happening. That's a good thing, right? Being super busy is so great. And I appreciate you doing this. And I'm so excited to chat with you about this topic today. And as I was going over about what I wanted to speak with you about, something that kept coming back to me was the way that your photography, and I feel like the way that you've built your business really has its own unique style. And I feel like you're really great at photographing probably who your dream clients are, ideal clients. And I always feel like whenever I view your work, that your clients are down for whatever you want them to do or whatever, because they just have the same vibe as you. Do you find that to be true before we get into all the other stuff? I would say at this point in my career, that is probably like an 85% accuracy. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean, I just, I love your work. I adore it so much, so many things about it. And as we're going to chat about ideal clients, like I think this is an important thing in our industry because at least for me, it's really figuring out who my ideal and dream clients are, have really helped me just create art differently. So what do you think like an ideal client is? And to you, like as a whole, if someone's listening and they're thinking, I don't really know what they mean by ideal client. What is it to you? Well, I think it's a twofold question. And I answer this differently. Like when I'm teaching and just having a personal conversation, because I believe that every client that comes to you and has hired you has the potential of being your ideal client. It is one, like the communication that happens before the shoot and really understanding like their vision and your vision, try to marry the two. So I feel like that every, I feel like every person that has come to me, I have tried my hardest to really be like intuitive with their emotions and connections and just really try to hone in on that. And then the second part, I feel over the past three to four years, I have really tried to mold what I feel my style Mm -hmm. is with meeting the right people, asking people to do shoots with me for me. And that has turned into commissioned shoots and people hiring me just for that reason and for the intimacy or creativeness or whatever it might be. But I feel like it's two, it's both those parts. I feel like you can have your ideal client by just having really awesome and in-depth conversations with them prior to the shoot. And then also showing people over and over and over again, like it has taken me years to just shoot what I want to shoot and showing it and showing it and showing it to where people now book me based on that. And that's what they want. Like I, they are hiring me based on my prior work because they see themselves in that situation and in that intimacy kind of shoot. So I feel like, does that answer both questions? I just feel like there's two answers to that. Okay. No, that's perfect because I love that you mentioned the first part because I do think sometimes there is a misconception of ideal client only has to look one way, be one way, you know, dress one way. And that's not really, I think, at least to me and what you're saying, it's not the way to you either. It's that's not, you're not wanting everyone to look the same, right? I think an ideal client, like you said, the ones that you start to attract, they see themselves in your work and they appreciate your art and your vision. And they want to be a part of that. And sometimes that does take a little bit, like you said, you're able to kind of mold them or, you know, help them turn into your ideal client just with assistance and communicating with them. And I think that that's a piece that some people miss. I think everyone looking at established photographers, you know, I know you teach as well. And, you know, sometimes they think every, all these photographers just only are able to photograph their dream client. And I always say like, that's not 100% true. Right. I mean, have you had people experience of people saying that or having that ideal when they're first starting that we all just get our perfect client every time? No, that's why I said in the beginning, I think it's 85% accurate. I think there's 85% are hiring me because they've been following me. And then the 15% are like, oh, just word of mouth. I was a good photographer, I'm local, whatever, and would hire me. But I feel like the 85% get it. And they get it now because they've seen what I've been able to do over and over and over again. And I feel like that's so important for people who are trying to establish their ideal client is making sure that you are shooting what you like. And I know that's like kind of an overused statement, but really it does play into learning what your style is because I feel like doing free shoots for yourself and shooting for yourself, you that's where you really start to develop who you are as an artist. Mm-hmm. And that your quote unquote ideal client is going to book you based on your artistry. Same reason that like 
you fall in love with a certain painter, you are falling in love with how they paint, their strokes, their ideas, their how they paint. And that's how I feel I am. Like I am going to like paint my own work where you're hiring me just based on how I paint, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's what, that's what gives them a unique client experience with you because the the way that you create your own art unique from everybody else. Right. And I think one of the things that I've learned and you probably have as well, when people might be thinking, why do we need an ideal client in the first place? Like, what is the point? And when they're starting their business, because I know for me, when I started my business, I don't know about you, but I kind of just shot everything and everybody right? Mm-hmm. To get practice, to get experience. And then as I've, you know, progressed in my journey, I think we all create that ideal type of client that for me, it's not even as much the wardrobe or any of that, as much as it is the trust that they instill in me to create what I want to create for them. Does that make Correct. sense? So yes. that There's to no me resistance. is more of like, what's that? There's no resistance. Yeah. And when I have a client that does that, like to me, that's just, that's my ideal client to me is like, oh my gosh, you completely trust me. You see the vision you um, want to create and document your family in a beautiful way, having me do that. Right. And I think that's just so important, such an important piece. But I think too, as someone is starting a business or maybe when you're teaching and when you're teaching about like dream clients, ideal clients, can you kind of share a little bit about how, when you mentioned dream shoots before, how do you explain that to your students? If someone's listening and they're thinking, What's a dream shoot? What does that mean? Well, I think dream shoot is so individual, but for me, I think it's just creating something that you kind of envisioned and then, but like it feel like it surpassed even what you expected. So I think a couple shoots for me um, was the one family, it was a maternity session and it was an old red Jeep Willie. And it was, (laughs) we had the two little babies that are like, crawling over the front seat and the little booties are sticking out. Like that was when my, that's a shoot that surpassed anything because like I had the car, had the family and had a location that I just had to work with. So for me, it was like, wow, one, I got to shoot her in a dress that I've been wanting to shoot like an almost artistic kind of 1800s tunic. And I wasn't quite sure how it was going to come out. So just the fact that she trusted, bought this like $200 tunic, I was like, sure, you know, whatever. And for it to come out better than expected and just the love that it received when I posted it, I think that's what a dream shoot is. It's something that you're stepping outside your own box and not stepping into somebody else's, you know, like, oh, you saw that shoot and let me go try to recreate it. Cause that won't, I don't feel like give you a feeling of a dream session. It's a dream session when it's your own creativity and you're like surpassing your own vision. Like it came together so beautifully. And I feel like I have had like, I say like a good handful of those a year. Yes. I have creative shoots, but there's ones I'm like, you know, that have just, I don't know, blossomed into something bigger and more beautiful than I ever could imagine. And I feel like from there, that's where my ideal client kind of tags along because people fall in love with that. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's like, not that they necessarily want to recreate that session with me, but they, it's just gaining their trust. Like, wow, she can do that. And that kind of feels, she can do that in that kind of outfit. I trust her moving forward. If I'm like, Hey, I want you to wear this. And then I just feel like it just builds that trust with um, potential clients or your booked clients. Yeah. And it just helps them say, oh my gosh, that's the feel I want to my images. And they see your creativity flow and they want a piece of it. Right. And so for you, when you're planning those, like when you planned the shoot, you mentioned, how do you go about finding people for that? Or people are listening and they're thinking, oh, I want to do something like that, but I'm not sure how to take the steps. Could you share a little bit about your process for that? 
that one in particular was already a client. So I just presented that to her, this idea to her whenever she wanted her maternity session. So she jumped on board. But as far as like other creative shoots, I feel like I can find them at a supermarket or I go out drinking with my husband. I'm like, hey, oh my gosh, here's my Instagram. Please message me. You're so cool. I have no problem going up to people. I have no problem stalking them on Instagram. I have no problem finding those people that I feel like would match my vision well. And I try to do my best to explain in vivid descriptive terms so they can almost visualize what I'm trying to accomplish and shoot. So it's not like, oh yeah, hey, I really want you uh, in a field with a Jeep. My expression to her was the turn of the century was how I described the vehicle and her outfit and the whole flow of it. I believe whenever you're styling a session, everything needs to go together. Like if you're going to use a certain car, make sure the wardrobe matches that car, like in, in terms of feeling and era or whatever you're doing. That's my kind of just my advice when it comes to dream sessions too, making sure, cause you want people to look at it and be like, Oh, that looks so natural versus, Oh, I can see that she got that dress and that piece and just piece it together. You know what I mean? You really right. feel like it was a natural flowing from one piece to the other, that it just went all together and not, I don't really ever want stuff to be looked at my gun. Oh yeah. She styled that. She put that in front of a I don't know, X, Y, and Z, you know, I kind of yeah. went that was the family. That was their, fa- they just rolled up in that Jeep dressed like that. Like I, that's how I want it to flow. Yeah. yeah. Details. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want it to feel staged, right? You want it to seem completely natural with which ultimately it became that way. Right. And, and it just all flowed together and it exceeded your expectations in such a beautiful way. And I think sometimes as photographers, it, we, people have to realize too, like, you had an entire vision for that and whole shoot. You were planning it down to the detail to be able to create the type of art that you were wanting to, right? So I think sometimes we all think, oh, I want a dream shoot. And it's just a matter of maybe it's the client we choose or um, the person, right? But there's so many other elements that go into creating that magic, right? Because you did a lot of prep work for that. Well, I, I don't, this is what I think bothers me too about this industry is that we don't, we think we're isolated and it's like, we're not, if you, we are, there's no difference between us and like a movie production. If you go and watch the end credits of a movie, how many people are involved in that? And that should be the same thing when you set up this dream session, how many different elements, yes, are part of your shoot between the boutique, the dress, the shoes, the flowers, the location, like there's so many moving parts. And I feel like we need to start looking at ourselves as movie directors as director of photography, like there's so many things that need to come together to make a beautiful movie. And just one scene, if you pause a movie scene right. and take that still, look how much probably went into that between the light, yeah. the wardrobe, the props, you know, so much. so much. So you have to consider all of that. I feel like to, I don't know. I mean, not for every shoot, obviously this is just for those far and few between shoots. Like you really want to make a production, but yeah. The, those shoots though, for me personally, I think my overly styled or really involved shoots are the ones that a lot of people do remember and bring up to me at my workshops. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that one shoot. And it generally involves a prop or a full, it was a full production. And it was really intentional. Those are the shoots of yours that I can vividly think of like on your Instagram and things that I remember. And I think that's the point too, is that when we're intentional and we are like really creating a production in essence, but, you know, for your dream shoots and and having the ability to just really create from our heart and and envision something as a whole, and then really make it happen. 
Do you find that those types of shoots, obviously, I think the answer is yes to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You Obviously, those shoots have helped you tremendously in regards to marketing, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in what ways do you think? Just to name a few, because I'm just thinking if someone's listening and they're thinking, okay, I want to shut up, set up this dream shoot and I'm going to make this happen. And they're thinking, okay, how is it going to benefit me from getting new clients? Right. So could you share how that helped you, how those help you? Well, because one, A, they're scroll scroll stoppers. (laughs) So there's something that you may not see on your everyday scroll. Two, they're that unique. So even though you're not, I can't do that kind of shoot for every single client unless I upcharge a crap load and only take on like four a month. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, so I feel like they should be scattered through your year just to bring attention to your creativity to mm-hmm. same thing, avant-garde, right? The runway, like those pieces you will never find in the store, you will right. never find anywhere else. But they are defining the artist. And that's what you should do. You should have an avant-garde runway a couple times a year where it just shows up who you are as a designer, as an artist, as a creator. And that will just draw people's attention. I don't look at those outfits and be like, oh my God, I want every single one of those. If not, you're looking like, that's weird as shit. Probably never. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it draws you in. And you're like, yeah. we need to do that too. Well, right. And I think the thing that, I mean, you probably notice as I do, like anytime we create something like this, it's a scroll stopper. And, you know, in our oversaturated market, I think a lot of times with Instagram, things all can start to look the same. I mean, I distinctly remember scrolling on your feed and I, one recently that I saw that I loved, and I don't think this was necessarily a production that you did, but the session you did just with the cute little girl and her dad, I feel like that was a scroll stopper for you because that's not something everybody does, right? Yes. That was their, you talk about the one recently on the beach or their first one with, he was painting your toenails and stuff in the house. Well, I think I, well, I think do you have both on your page? You might have both, but you've shot them twice, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. But I feel like that was a showstopper for me as an artist, even because I'm looking and I'm like, not often do you see sessions with just a dad and a little girl. Right. And it was so genuine and it, I just loved it. Even if it's not necessarily a huge production shoot, but I could tell in that session that you really just set the scene and it just created beautiful imagery that captured their connection so well. And I think that wasn't a huge production, but that was probably a fun shoot for you to do, right? (laughs) Well, because I, it was just my dad and I for the first half of my life as a child. So I feel like that came from a personal experience that my dad and I do not have pictures of. So I, that's where I connected with them. I just really connected deep with them, even at their last shoot of just in the house. So mm-hmm. it just trickled over from there, but just the way he loves his little girl, you know, it's like one of those, ugh, like, you're just so envious of that kind of love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I see my husband, like with my daughter and not that my dad was a great, he was a great dad. He played so many important roles in my life, but right. the overly affectionate fathers, I did not get raised with. So I wanted to feel that. And probably like the little inner child of me was like, oh, I'm going to soak all this up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, totally. But see, one of the things I want to point out that like, that I think is related to this is that you had an emotional connection to that session. And so I think anytime we do, whether it's we're creating a production, we have an emotional connection from our own lives to a session. I feel like we create our best work when we have that element. Don't you think? What, I mean, anything. I mean, can't you just feel it whenever you, I don't know, watch a movie, read a book where 
like one of my two of my most favorite books recently is um scar tissue by anthony kiedis the you know lead singer of Ed hot chili peppers and then uh -huh. green, Light, green lights by matthew mcconaughey those two books they're they are so passionate and so deep in their storytelling that like you're just drawn in so i think it goes across the board anything that you feel you could just feel the um, producer or the writer or the photographer when they are just so deeply connected something it just it shines through it comes through on a whole different level so yes i feel like when there is an emotional connection i feel like the other end feels it wants to be part of it wants a piece of it yes and that's what these shoots enable you to showcase right because you're able to really have a connection with them and i think part of at least for me as i progressed in my photography business and started being able to figure out what, you know, my ideal client was not necessarily even physically, but more of just emotionally and the connection they were willing to share and their vulnerability with me and things like that. All of that played a part in my work. And I feel like all of a sudden it was like, I wasn't just shooting to capture photos. Like I was shooting to tell a story and to show connection and emotion. And I think when I look at images, don't you feel like maybe you agree, like, you can look at images and you can, there's a stark difference between the ones that really provoke emotion and feeling versus just shooting to pose or take a picture, right? I mean, I, I harp on that big time under my mentorships and workshops. Like I just, it's not the moment you change your mindset that it is not about a pretty picture, but it is about who's in the picture and what they're going through and whether it's a good season or bad season of life that you are there to capture that for them. Then you're going to see the shift in your photography. You got to shift from shooting just a pretty picture. It's got to shift from that. It has to. And I think that part of that though, for us is right. Like I think people, the shift also has to happen in the sense of the type of clients that you're wanting to shoot and that you're attracting. Because for me in the beginning of my business, I tended to attract more of the ones that wanted posy images, not a lot of emotion, everything's perfect, right? And then as I had this aha moment that you just mentioned, that's not what I wanted to do anymore, right? And then I transitioned and had to market differently and showcase different types of images to be able to then start attracting the right kind of people. Because not everybody is going to want what each of us offers, right? We want to track people as much as we want to push away the wrong people in, in a sense, right? Because we want to be able to create art that we love. But for you as your journey as a photographer in your business, do you feel like you had, like, was that a progression for you? Or do you feel like you had an idea of who you wanted to photograph right from the beginning? I feel like I, mm, I <laughs> from the, from the beginning, my journey, I think is so different than a lot of other photographers because I started with collaborators. I started with two other women that were phenomenal at styling and hair and makeup and their vision mm -hmm. and everything. So I started off almost like as a team for quite a few years and just having a sounding board and just having someone to beat off of, I feel really catapulted me to where I am and now. So I feel like in the beginning, I never entertained the posy stuff yeah. i never entertained the white shirt and khakis even when i moved to hawaii if you look at my work the first okay well i lived there for almost four years no i had zero people in aloha shirts and zero in white shirts and khakis zero <laughs> i didn't even shoot i don't think the beach for the first year i lived there because i did not want anybody to think that i was going to shoot a typical white kiki shoot right so, I even turned, well, not I say I, but we, my team member, we turned a coffee farm in North Shore, Hawaii into um, 
and a, a faux apple orchard because we didn't have apple orchards on the island. So I'm like, I want to make it look like an apple orchard. So I took like, and I did. I turned that and we made this big, huge bear because the mom wanted a lumberjack themed. So we turned like this, we cut out this huge bear and I needed a wooded area with the only little wooded non banyan Hawaiian trees were in the middle of this apartment complex and drag all this stuff in the middle of an apartment complex. Like I did everything to avoid looking like a typical aloha shoot. I feel like I've had the benefit of just having an overly um, styled or communicate like the communication for my clients beforehand and really creating like their dream shoot from the beginning. Cause I was just really into, I don't know, making it fairy tale like fantasy like um yeah. and so oh my gosh, you, were, you were like ride or die from the beginning in the in the <laughs> apartment complex I love that and I think that's such a great story for you to share because what I want and what I always try to help people understand too is some people might have thought oh we just can't do that there's no way to make that happen but you took it a step further and we're like okay we're making this happen we're going to do whatever it takes to create the images that we're hoping for and i think that's the kind of you know determination and passion we want to have about these sessions whether you know not necessarily having to do that right but just the idea that we can create what we want to create and just put the work in and have the vision you know i love that you did that okay one other thing you just mentioned that i would love for you to touch on real quick is you talked a lot about communicating with your clients beforehand so could you speak to that just a little bit about you don't have to share your obviously your detailed process but just how you go about that as far as creating like communicating your vision i guess i think each client is different i think the ones that come to me without a vision and are just like i just want you to take our pictures those are the ones i kind of tried to dig a little deeper in and get them to talk more but the ones that come to me and you got to remember, I shoot a lot of photographers now. They come to me. Oh my God, I love your work. I'll do whatever you say. Da, 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 here we go. <laughs> you know, just send me what you want. Um, and those are like, do I really like, I, I have to communicate, but not really. So mm -hmm. I have been blessed with that recently, but for the clients that do roll in and like, okay, we don't know what we want. Then that's when I will kind of start with wardrobe and our family pictures of them and design their wardrobe around kind of who they are or where we're going to shoot. Recently, I had them text me and I'm so excited about this. This is coming up in a couple of weeks. A couple of them. Let me get my story straight. But with one of them, it's a couple. And I'm like, okay, what do you like to do for fun? You know, and she's like, well, you know, we like to hike, but we're originally from Colorado and they live here. There's no hiking where we live here. <laughs> and, right. she, and I was like, okay, cross that out. <laughs> There's yeah. no hiking we could do. And she's like, we love gardening and we have dogs. And I'm like, man, actually, I think a garden shoot would be really cute. Like, I know it's not springtime, but like, is your garden stuff up? She's like, no, not yet. She goes, but we have chickens. And then it just, flooded into all, oh, I mean, they have like, it was like a 1979 Monte Carlo and they don't have all these old cars. Like the conversation just went not where I expected. And I am so excited for their shoot because it was more just me probing and asking like, what do you like to do? Okay. Kind of like this idea of gardening. She's like, well, actually like this is our house. I think a lot of people don't think the potential in their own home or things that they have in their garage or connections that they have. And so I think just kind of asking questions and just kind of like probing, I think can turn into something amazing. There was another shoot I have coming up and it was a motherhood shoot with her and her boys. And then we kind of started like, hey, okay, we like to hang out at the beach. I'm like, okay, not really, I don't want to do a beach again. And then it turned into, well, actually we really like going to the skate park. 
and our, one of the boys rides the wooden bike with like no pedals, you know, and the other one can't get off the skateboard. And I was like, that's it. We're going to do a shoot at the skate park. Cause that's where you love to be. You know what I mean? So those are the kind of things that like, it's just, for me, it's texting or maybe hopping on a call with them and just getting to know them on a little bit deeper level and making their session custom for them. Um, that, okay. I love this so much. And I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you for sharing that because I think that's the key that so many of us as photographers miss is, you know, yes, they're hiring us for the shoot and we want to make it beautiful, but it's not about us. You know, right. it's about our, our clients. And I think you asking those questions, A, it shows them that you're interested in who they are as individuals, right? Not just trying to get pretty pictures. And then B, it enables you to just create something that's unique to them. So they're not going to feel like you're taking them to the same field. You've took, taken 10 other people wearing the same yeah. dress that 10 other people have worn. Do you know what I mean? So absolutely. Like love her, that. her response to the skate park one, she even messaged me like the next day and was like, like, so she was like so excited that this was happening. Like almost like she's going to be in these pictures with her kids at their favorite place. You yeah. know, something I feel like she probably just took for granted it's something to do on a sunny day. Okay. She loves her kids at the park, but here's the fact that it's going to be documented. And yeah. I think that just like totally resonated with her. And so I'm super excited to just be, and I'm letting them just wear whatever they want. Like I'm not taking too much control because I don't want to take away from who they are. Right. So I, I, yeah, I'm super. And then the other thing with the couple, I'm like, oh yeah, Hey, we just randomly have a chicken coop with these amazing chickens, but she did say yeah. the rooster was pretty aggressive. And I'm like, yeah, all roosters are assholes. Like, so yeah. we're like <laughs> shin guard or something. Cause I've gotten hit by a rooster pretty hard and it left a bruise on my shin. So oh. shin guards, knee pads, <laughs> I'm going like, oh, I got it handled. <laughs> oh, I do it. So, oh, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, just with their old Monte Carlo, like those are, and what's I funny is I told her like, that was my dad's first car. It was an 86 Monte Carlo oh and she's like, oh my God, this is meant to be. So it's just amazing what can come out of just having a conversation to your client about them, you know? Well, yeah. And they, she probably, like you said, her mentioning her home and all that was an afterthought to her because yeah. she wasn't thinking that was a like a good idea, but it's through you asking, you realized, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. And then that makes her excited. And then it just creates that snowball of just, and I was thinking of the skate park with the kids, like the kids are going to be so excited to do the session instead of dreading it because it's something that they love to do for me. Like if I could take my kids somewhere and doing something that they love, they're going to be super excited to participate. And it's going to be authentic to who we are as a family versus taking them somewhere we don't, wouldn't normally go wearing clothes. We wouldn't normally wear. It's just doesn't have the same feel. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, like every time we move somewhere as a military family, I have our pictures done wherever we live. And it's so funny. I hope Stormy's listening. Hi Stormy. But (laughs) actually I hired her last year to come take our pictures on the coastline here. And she was like, no, you should come to Colorado. I'm like, I love Colorado. I like, I love her pictures in Colorado. Like that is, I mean, hands down the prettiest stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. But I was like, we as a family don't connect with Colorado. Like that's not where we vacation at. That's not where we live at. So I was like, no, you're going to come out here and shoot on our flat beach for me. Flat beach. And and so she came out here and did that. But that's it. Like this is where we live. This is a moment and a season in our life. And that's where I want captured is here. Like this is it, you know? So I, I definitely think it's important to really find out what's important to the families you're photographing, to the couples you're photographing, like just get the, get to know them just a little bit more. And I think you'll see that your sessions will just, I don't know, develop into something you weren't expecting. 
Well, right. And I think part of that is having that open line of communication and taking the time to do that. I've started doing phone calls with clients and I know not everyone loves to chat on the phone, but I feel like it just enables me to get to know them so much more and be able to have things like what you're mentioning come up because we're able to just converse and talk back and forth versus just a bunch of emails where maybe she wouldn't have mentioned the car. Were you on the phone or were you, was it via email? Text. Texting. Okay. Yeah. So that's a little quicker, right? You can have a good conversation. I just feel like us putting in that little bit of extra time really can have such a huge impact on the session and how it goes. Okay. Well, like if someone's kind of listening and they're thinking, I'm not shooting my ideal client right now, and they want to be able to do that. So could you give any advice to them? Like if someone's feeling like they're not shooting their dream client? Well, how much work are they putting in each month to create the art that they want to create? I create about one session a month for me. And so then I did a mentorship with Chewy in 2020. Yes. A year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you need to be doing two a month. I was like, oh, holy shit, Chewy. Like, that's a lot. If you look at his stuff, his stuff is so distinct, Definitely. so artistic. So I'm like, I get what you're saying because I think it's, you have to do that to really create who you are and make it, um, signature, make it who you are. And if you're just kind of doing it eh, once every six months, like, and you're not really creating for you and creating exactly who you want to be and what you want to create, you're kind of giving yourself a disservice Mm -hmm. to not attract the people. Like if you, I remember, I will never forget. It was like five, six years ago. And I was like, man, I wish I could get paid to do the stuff I really love to do. I'm there. (laughs) So I'm here. But Again, mind you, I said five to six years ago, it's taking me a long time to get to where I'm at, but I feel like people will hire you and pay you for what you want, but you've got to show them. You wouldn't go hire, I don't know, a, a hairstylist without, well, for me personally, with my blonde, like not looking at their Instagram, seeing how good their blondes are, you right. know, yes. same thing. Like I'm not going to go and hire, spend, you know, grant on a photographer without having seen any other work that didn't resonate with me or whatever. So. Well, and I think it's a matter of doing those creative shoots. I just think having those to be able to showcase the art that you're really wanting to create is so powerful with your marketing because then you are putting in that effort to show people like these are the kinds of sessions that I love to do. And I feel like I do my best work in these types of sessions. So let's do this together. Do you get a lot of your bookings off of your Instagram, would you find, or your website or both? Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true for most people, don't you think? Definitely for me. I Yes, I believe Instagram is the most amazing tool for a photographer or I mean, well, any artist, but I, specifically photographers because it showcases, you know, art so well. I just, I, I owe a lot to Instagram and I'm so thankful for it. Yes. I mean, it helps you so many avenues, right? Like showing or showcasing our work in a clear and beautiful way, like instantaneously, really. And then, you know, being able to connect with other people and potential clients, I think it has such a great power. And I know that oftentimes the dialogue is, oh, I don't love the algorithm. I don't love this. But I think too, if we're creating art that's beautiful and stands out, like the algorithm doesn't have as much impact. I don't know. It's your portfolio. Like that's how people are going to find you and see your work. Like take the time to put effort into Instagram. It's your friend. It's free other than your time. So yeah. why would you not use it? That's what I just, I don't know. I think it's really, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm I, the same when you probably mentor people or something and you see that they don't post often, that's uh, probably your first piece of advice, huh? I go through stages too, where I post 
every day. I post once every two weeks. I don't, right. you know, whatever. But I feel like why, if someone was like, here's a free tool to put yourself out there and to get potential clients and to showcase your art. And you're like, no, thanks. You know, you don't, have, you don't have to go on Instagram and scroll. You go onto Instagram, post your stuff, answer your DMs, and then put on your story and get out. That's what right. I do. You know what I mean? I don't need to spend, I love me some TikTok, but I don't, I don't need to scroll Instagram. I really don't. So I feel like that's maybe just unfollow a bunch of people. So where you're not catching yourself being comparing or following into some other trap, just unfollow all of that. Leave your following to a minimum, or like who you're following to a minimum. And just go in there, post your art, create some engagement on the story and get out. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing I, you all often be like, oh, it takes so much time and this and that. And it really doesn't. I mean, doesn't. you don't have to write a novel on your captions. You just really want to share your work. They're not hiring you for your writing, right? Like they're hiring you for your photography. So have that be the showcase. But I'm only laughing as I just got on TikTok not that long ago and I could spend so much time on there, but do you use that for your business or is that more just a fun thing for you? No, <laughs> no. I have two tech talks on there that I think I've created just from workshops, but no, I get, I mean, get my daily news on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, yeah. I get my workouts on TikTok. I get my yeah. meal prep on TikTok. I get marital advice on TikTok. Love it. <laughs> I get my cat videos. <laughs> awesome. I love it. That's your guilty pleasure is going on TikTok. And it's funny because mine is so like catered to me. I can only spend like two minutes and, you know, I teach videos like 15, 30 seconds or whatever. And I've already had like my 10 full laughs of the day and I can like whatever, get off. Like I don't sit there for an hour. Like mine is so catered to who I am. Like, oh, oh, that was awesome. Okay. That's all I needed. Good cat video and I'm done. Yeah. Now I'm moving on. Well, and I think (laughs) that's a testament to their algorithm and how good it is right now. So good you're able to hop on there and it's everything is what you want to see, which is so great. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I just haven't gotten on that from a business aspect yet. And I know reels are so big and all of that, but I think too, for us as photographers, reels are fun, but I think what I want people to, I, in my opinion, and I just think people maybe do reels for fun, but really we still should be posting our work, right? Because that's ultimately what people unless, are looking for. Unless you are ace fanning. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I saw the one he did about mocking reels and I was dying laughing. Brilliant. I love that dude. I I need to, I need to like collaborate with him. He's on my list and just, oh my gosh, he's just so incredible. Yeah. If you're ace scanning, make the reels every day, all day. But if you're Haley Faria, you know. Well, and I think it's just funny. It's just, I loved what he said on there. Like, oh, well, I'm going to use the same sound as everyone else. And, and I'm just <laughs> like, it's so true. But it's such that, that tug and pull of like, okay, well, what if I don't do this? Is it going to hurt my business? I just think people are freaked out about the newness of reels. But the reality is eight months, a year from now, something else is going to come up, right? So Correct. it's just, yeah, it's a never ending battle. I feel like always something new. Okay, so if we could recap and you were going to tell like, somebody listening and say like, okay, what are the top three things they should do to be able to photograph their dream clients more? Would you have like top three things that you could share? Yeah. I think as a recap, make sure you're shooting for yourself too. Like I said, in the beginning, I think every client has the potential to be an ideal client. How are you communicating with them? How are you portraying your vision? Is it something that they can relate to, see it? Three, kind of what we talked about, how I am now creating really great sessions with my clients because I'm finding out more about them and connecting 
to them as a person, family, individual. So I feel if you can do all three of those things, I think you'll find that every client, like I said, has a, everyone has a potential, but everyone that is hiring you specifically, they've already connected with you in one way or the other. So they have that potential to be who you really envision them being, depending on how you're communicating with them and what they've seen in your like portfolio. So that's why share, share your stuff. (laughs) Or I get sometimes I'm going off the rail here. No, you're good. Like one of my favorite photographers, and she wasn't really even a photographer, but Vivian Meyer, right? So she never shared any of her work until what they were found. And also there's this friend, as a friend I grew up with, and the most, man, her work is captivating. And I am lucky enough to have one of her charcoal paintings, but she actually won't sell or get rid of any of her art or even share it because it's hers. And I can say... I can relate to that. And it happened a couple of years ago. There was a picture I posted and it meant the world to me. Like it was a certain pose and it organically happened. And I loved it like to my core. And I was really apprehensive of sharing it because I knew once I shared it, it would no longer be mine. Right. And it would be shared. It would be replicated and sure not like I see it replicated all the time. And it's a beautiful thing, but at the same time, I understand like, I don't know really where I went going with this, but I understand the feeling of some people who may not want to share because it's their art and it's who they are. And I personally have felt that. And I personally know artists who won't share their work. So it's a double-edged sword, but you need to share. Or when they message you, you can share a gallery privately. Like, hey, this is a session that I have not shared um, publicly, but here you go. Like, this is the feeling I want for your family. So even if you're not overly sharing on social media, I still think you should share with your client, your idea, and maybe a past session that you feel like they could relate to. Yeah. And I think, thank you for sharing those tips. I think that was such a great summary of everything we talked about. And I'm laughing that you said Vivian Mara, because I literally have her books right next to me on my desk. Like, I love love that documentary. And if people haven't watched it, they should. I just think it, and it, and it was a good reminder for me as I learned more about her of the value of creating art for ourselves and her, just her vision. But also had she shared these during her lifetime, they would have been so well received and it's a shame, right? But everyone has to do what's right for them. But I think as people are looking for their ideal clients and implementing the strategies that you just shared, they'll have, I just think, be able to find clients that really value their work and that the sessions will just flow naturally and that they're going to trust their vision 100%. And I mean, I think that's where you're at now in your business, correct? I mean, I agree. Yeah. I feel like when I look at your work, I 100% feel like all your clients are in alignment. And the other thing I wanted to mention that I love that you do, not to go off on a tangent, but I feel like you have a good influence in relation to the styling of your sessions. And sometimes they're not always what people would expect. Yeah. A lot of the norm right now, are you laughing? Because you're, you probably yeah. don't a lot of the norm right now is a lot of just flowy dresses and all that, which is beautiful. But honestly, like, I love how you have some of the women like in cutoff shorts and hiking boots, or you just have, I think you're really good about letting them stay true to who they are. Mm-hmm. Is that one of your priorities as well? When you're kind of going through styling? I really hate repeating myself <laughs> and I hate like repeating like close to, so I think that kind of like falls into both categories. I'm like, I can't do that dress anymore. I can't. I can't see it. I can't, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't. So I feel like that's where that's just a personality disorder. 
<laughs> no, girl, that's good. Because I like, if you I pick that, free people dress one more time. <laughs> like, yeah. I will not. I, okay, I I love this girl so much, and I I I don't know if I'll be able to shoot her maternity or not. But she contacted me that she wanted this certain dress, and I should have told her no. And she's like, "You're such a snob." And I was like, "I'm sorry. I just I can't. I I love you." Love you so much. And I will shoot you in anything else, but I can't. You're a snob. Like, no, no, you just, you gotta, you gotta trust me. Like I, you want me to be present in your session and you want me to be present in your editing and all that, but you have to like, we have to meet halfway with this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And do something else, do something different. Right. Is that kind of what you're leaning yeah. at? Like, I'm, I mean, I, yes. And I look at your, some of your ones with like the jean shorts and they're not wearing a shirt. Like, I just feel like you do such a great job of, and it, it makes sense to me now after speaking with you about how well you get to know your clients and really allow them to really have themselves come through. And I think some in our industry, I feel like that's a piece that's often missed. It's a lot about what do we want as photographers to create, right? Whereas we need to also be in tune with what our clients need or who they are as individuals. And if any, whatever people take away from this um, episode, I feel like that's a really great thing that you shared. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And get to know them too at the session. Like you just said, um, not really before on the conversation. Am I like, okay, by the way, you're gonna be half naked by the end of the shoot. But right. I like, like, yeah, yeah. Your sessions with jean shorts and no top. Like, are we referring to the men or the women? <laughs> I feel like it's, I, okay, so there was a session recently, and it's posted. It's with his old um, pickup truck, and I thought it was pretty awesome. But they started very conservative. And then it was about a 50 to an hour long session. And when he got to the end, I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like y'all just need to lose your shirt. I feel like we're there. I feel like we've connected intimately. <laughs> like, we're there. Just lose your shirt. <laughs> it's one of my most favorite things. If I can get you naked almost by the end of a session, I feel like I did my job. So. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. And you know what? That's not something that too many people are doing. Right. And so like, when I see your stuff, when you post that, I'm like, Oh, I can tell that's Haley's before I even look at the name. You know what I mean? And I think that's great. That's what we all want to have is our sessions that are telling a story, the ability to set us apart from other people. And you do such a great job at that. So get them naked. To you girl, get naked. <laughs> Oh my God. This has been so fun. So usually when we end, I just do like a quick lightning round of a few fun questions to answer. Are you down for that? Oh gosh. So this is like, um, okay. No, it's just for fun. Okay. What's your favorite lens? Oh, these kind of questions. Okay. Good. Yeah. Maybe. Nothing, nothing real personal, girl. I'm not, I'm not making you spill the tea, but. Um, I've been waiting for the uh, 35. 35. Okay. A favorite light to shoot in. Mm. I know it's hard at home. Uh, yes. Try some dreamy indoor light. Okay. Ooh, I like that answer. Different than most, what most people, I love it. If you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be? What am I getting out of the lunch? Like we- <laughs> you're meeting them, you're interacting with them and it doesn't have to be photography related. Just anybody. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me keep this G rated. Okay, cool. I don't know if I can even keep a G rated. <laughs> you don't, you don't need oh, to. You know who. And it's one of those, like, it's a social media and I don't know what this person would actually be like in person. So it could be like when you meet somebody you're like, oh man, I cannot have that. But his name is Christian and he owns the 1924 account, <clears throat> the 1924 US. He's married to Emma, Emma Watson, and he's the one that doesn't have a front tooth. Oh, okay. And I have like a couple of his books and he is very, um, 
rich in his beliefs of anti-porn and he's very conservative, but also so edgy and artsy. He's what I want to be and will never be because he's just him. He's like, he's a, I don't know. He's a unicorn. <laughs> he's a unicorn. I'll look him up now. Wait, you don't follow 1924? I don't know if I do. Let me go look. And I'm like, oh. I want to go check him out. Well, and, and I'm sure that would be such an interesting conversation. Yeah. You would just be, it would be so thrilling to see him. I wouldn't even know what to ask. I'm like, I just want to sit here and you just talk. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Have him just talk and tell you his life story and anything else that he wants to share. I love I think- that. I think what was brilliant in his book is that he went on this trip. He was just going to go in his Jeep Wagoneer with his dog and his wife let him go. And he went, he drove from the coast of like California or Washington. I think he started, he was driving up towards Alaska. So he drove through Canada and he thought he needed to be away for a whole month and just find himself. He didn't even take his phone. Like he took just what he needed to camp and eat and old map and that's how he like did this adventure and he only ended up be having to be away for two weeks before he had like his revelation whatever he was searching for with god with his spare time and stuff like it only took him two weeks and i don't know the ending his like last few words of his book was just it resonated so much with me so i feel like i would like to know more about that adventure and you know he's this whole anti-porn thing because of how it ruined him as like a young man. So I don't, he just has a lot of strong beliefs, but does it so organically and beautifully and artistically. So it's pretty awesome. Well, that is awesome. I'm going to have to go check that out. And that's really cool. I would, yeah, I would definitely ask about that trip and how his revelations came about and what he learned to get his answers quickly. That's amazing. Right. Okay. Now you have me intrigued. Now I want to go, go meet with it. Okay. So on Amazon, what's your favorite random product that you've bought? Shit, can I go on my Amazon real quick? Um, oh my gosh, you're so funny. It can be anything. I purchase books on there. Purchase. Sounds like you're an avid reader. Are you an avid reader? I definitely try to read as much as I can. I have about five books on my nightstand. No, four in one ebook. Oh man. I can't answer that. I don't know. Books is great. Books is great. And then who is your biggest mentor in the photography industry, would you say? And this could be maybe when you were first starting and maybe has changed now, but who would you say or classify? Like as you were gaining inspiration and, and learning? For me, I hope she's listening. Miranda Stewart. She came into my life at my one of my workshops a couple of years ago and has become a really like best friend. Like Pretty much so. And she is someone I'm able to, she's a photographer, so she understands and I can vent to her, talk to her. And she just kind of grounds me and puts me back in different perspectives. So I think that is what a true mentor is. Somebody who can really help you and guide you and not just a one-time thing. So, and I feel that has helped me become a better photographer because she's helped me off the ledge, (laughs) like has helped me see my work in a way and, and, just knowing like that I got her friendship out of her being an attendee at one of my workshops. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that a mentor is someone like that. And that's not necessarily someone I look up to that has pretty pictures. I love that you said that because I think it doesn't, a mentor doesn't mean that they're up on this pedestal and you just love their work, right? There's so many more facets to it. So I love that you said that because to me, like a mentorship mentor is like a partnership, someone that's give and take a little bit. Right. So that's amazing. And she was an attendee at one of your workshops. 
Yeah, she was an attendee at my Oklahoma one in 2018. And then she's gone to the Italy workshop with Stormy and I. I took her, I trip to Hawaii every year and I live out of a van. So, love um, it. Van by the ocean. And so I I took her on one of those. So she van lived with me. She's been to Arizona with me. So we've traveled a lot together ever since our friendship kicked off in in 2018. So her family vacationed here for their summer break last year. And it's so it's somebody like, and and the thing is, she's such a beautiful painter. And I think we've just been able to really compliment each other and help each other grow in the directions Mm -hmm. that we feel. You know, when someone is an outside looking in, they can see your potential so much better than yourself. So I feel like having a friend like that who understands the industry, I think that is also important. Like my husband doesn't understand photography whatsoever. So I feel like having a mentor slash, like you said, partner friend who's, who understands what you're trying to achieve and create. I think that is a true mentor and somebody you should have in your life. Well, yeah. And someone who will be honest with you too, right? Mm -hmm. If they see something that call you out on something or help you see something in a different way, like to me, that's so valuable and helps your business so, so much. So where can people find you? Want to come follow Haley? Where can they find you? Floating around on my cloud at Haley Faria, F-A-R-I-A. It's funny because nobody really can pronounce my last name. It's Faria. And then um, my workshops is Reverie Workshops, also on Instagram. And then Facebook and Haley Faria Photography. And we'll have your links in the show notes, but can you give me, I want to talk about your workshops for a second, because can you tell people if they're listening, like what your workshops are and how often you do them or just give it the rundown in case they're interested? Yeah, I do them a lot. I feel like my workshops are unique in the sense that you may think you're coming for this grand education and shooting, but really I feel that the best thing that comes out of my workshops are friendships, sisterhood, and adventure. And I feel like that in turn makes you a better mother, woman, sister, lover, friend, etc. So if I can bring that part into your life where you can feel better as a woman in turn, there's going to be a better output. I mean, I feel like there's so much education that can be poured in just by you being at home and stuff. But I feel like education, I don't know, at at my workshops is more of a hands-on learning and just exploring. And there's so much that the earth and adventure can teach you. Um, I don't know. I just don't know how to explain it, but I feel like that's just, I feel like the biggest takeaway women have received from my workshops is like best friends and an adventure of a lifetime and having fun. And a lot of the women who come are mostly moms. And this is a week for just taking off yet taking off that mom hat and just being I mean there's stories that I'll take to the grave but you know they're just the wild women I mean when you you know yes and it's and it just I feel like it's almost a reset for women Mm -hmm. if you come in with a mindset like this is going to change me this is gonna make me a better person and yes I can teach you how to edit I can teach you all that and sure we'll go over all that but I'm telling you you're not gonna leave going oh my God, I can finally edit like this. You're going to be like, oh my God, I feel like a better person. I feel like I'm ready to take on the world. I feel like I'm ready to create what I was designed to create. Well, and have that energy and that mindset shift is so important. When I think that helps by getting around other people and getting out in nature and just like you said, taking off the mom hat, you know, I have five kids. And so I'm on as a mom all the time, right? So for me to be able to get away and take that hat off, it just releases that. And it helps my creativity so much because I'm able to really just be present in the moment of being creative versus worrying about 
soccer pickup or basketball practice, or you know what I mean? Dinner, all those things that we worry about as moms. So it sounds like an amazing experience. So how often do you do these? Yeah, I never counted. I think I'm on 30 something now with these workshops, but like this month I've got Oklahoma, April, I have Joshua Tree, May, I have Moab, June, I have Montana, and then I'll pick up for my fall in August and October and possibly November one. So depending on the restrictions for Hawaii, it might have been lifted. So I usually have a Maui workshop every year. So if all restrictions are lifted, I think I might go back to Maui. So we'll see. I'm just waiting to see this turn of COVID events and yeah. see what will be reopened and what I can do. Yay. But, well, you have all the information you always announce uh, on your Instagram yeah, yeah. and your website. Yep. Yep. Yay. Oh, good. So if they want to find you, they can find that. And if you're listening and you want information, um, all of her links are going to be in the show notes for this episode, but thank you so much, Haley, for coming on today and giving your time. I know you're a busy girl or woman. So I really appreciate you and everything you shared was so, so great. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Okay. We'll chat soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on fill your frame with Jillian Golding. Remember you can always learn more about this podcast and what we talk about by visiting the description notes of whatever you're listening to today, or you can visit my website at jilliangolding.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoyed the show today, please leave a review. It helps other people just like you find my podcast. If you have any suggestions for topics or questions you want answered, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. My handle is at jilliangolding, and you can reach out via DMs with anything that you need. I would love to connect with you. We'll chat next time. Bye-bye.